0: Coaches, Whitney here from Get the Pancake, a podcast for volleyball coaches. I've got a couple of questions that I'm going to be answering today one through my Instagram stories, and then another question which I got through direct message. I love chatting with you on there, whether you are a coach, parent, player. I really love that so many of you participate in my polls and my questions or send me messages and have conversations with me about what's going on with your team. I really love it. And I just wanted to say thank you for that before I start talking about our podcast topics for today. But it's Memorial Day weekend if you are listening in real time, and so we're just going to skip the long intro and get right into it. All right, the first question that I'm going to be answering today is how do you handle a player that skillfully insults and attacks teammates when you are not looking? And quick disclaimer, these are all my opinion and how I would handle the situation personally if it was happening with my team. Although my answers are pretty general and should apply to most teams, you might have a situation which stops it from applying to your team. So before you go and implement any of the suggestions that I make, make sure that you think critically about it and analyze whether it's a good idea for your team or not. Okay, so you have players on your team that are insulting and attacking teammates when the coach isn't looking. Man, this situation stinks. And unfortunately, I've had teams where this happened as well, and this is one of those things where you don't usually find out until the end of the season or after the season's over. And as a coach, honestly, you feel really stupid for not realizing that this was happening. We're focused on running practices, making sure everyone's learning the skills, and we're not able to keep an eye on every single player, every single moment of practice or at tournaments. It's not an excuse, but for whatever reason, there are players who will make sure that you're not looking and then they'll insult their teammates or make very poor decisions um, with their behavior. So what is a coach to do to prevent something that we aren't aware of? I actually saw this on Pinterest a couple of months ago and I just saved it to one of my Pinterest boards. Go to pinterest.com slash get the pancake if you want to follow me on there. It's actually kind of funny because the graphic that I pinned is a poster for preschoolers but honestly I think I'm going to print it out for any teams I have in the future It is kind of silly because it's childish, but I think that will make players like it more. But it's a poster about tattling versus telling. Okay, so in this particular situation, your athlete, let's just say it's your right side hitter, is as soon as you turn your back telling her teammates that they're no good or just insulting them, attacking them, whether it's personally or volleyball related, I don't know. But it's whenever your back is turned, you don't ever hear anything, you don't ever see anything and the players are all fighting internally or just not getting along and you have no clue what's going on and you can't figure out why everyone (laughs) isn't playing more as a team. What we wanna do is empower our athletes to know Basically, when they can tell on their teammates. Because that's something that a lot of people are uncomfortable with, especially players, going to a coach and saying, hey coach, Kylie is being really mean to me and she's saying mean things to us. Players, for the most part, unless it's really, really bad, aren't comfortable doing that. So what I would like to encourage you to do is to print out the tattling versus telling worksheet, again, that's on Pinterest, But it explains the difference between tattling, which is essentially running to the coach and I don't want to say complaining, but letting the coach know about issues that aren't really issues versus telling the coach something that really impacts how the team is performing and probably that the coach needs to act on. So I'm just going to read the differences to you really quick. For example, it says tattling is when you're going to the coach and telling them something specifically to get someone in trouble versus telling, which is when you're going and telling the coach something to keep someone safe. So there's a difference if you're just trying to run up and tell your coach who's busy at the beginning of practice that Natasha was late again. You know, if the coach isn't busy, practice isn't starting, that's not a huge issue, the coach should notice on their own but like running up and tattling and saying hey natasha was late not as important and probably should be avoided by a teammate to build those team bonds a good example of one player should run up and tell coach something when we're talking about keeping someone safe i coached a team one time where the poles that we used were so heavy they were literally the heaviest (laughs) poles i've ever had to use for a volleyball team and so we required at least two athletes to carry each pole and one of my players decided she was going to carry it on her own and guess what? She dropped it and broke her foot. So an example of when to go and tell on someone, obviously you have to make sure that your athletes are aware of what is safe and what isn't safe. But if an athlete is doing something which isn't safe, like carrying one of those really heavy poles by themselves, that can be dangerous, as demonstrated by the broken foot. And that would be a good example of when a player should come and tell the coach, hey coach, Jocelyn is carrying a pole by herself. I just wanted to let you know. And then I can march over there and yell at Jocelyn for carrying the pole by herself. Another example of tattling versus telling, tattling is when something happens on accident and telling when something happens on purpose. So let's say there's two players who are covering, like maybe they're just starting to learn where they cover the court in defense and like they bump into each other or something and it happens on accident because they're both going for the ball, whatever, let it go. But if a player keeps bumping into you over and over on purpose, That's when you need to talk to your coach and be like, Coach, Megan keeps running into me. We've talked about it, but it seems like she's doing it on purpose. It's probably good to just ask your coach and say, you know, who covers what. Ask for clarification. And if the player continues to run into you, you got to talk to your coach about that. So, so far we've covered getting someone in trouble versus keeping someone safe and something happening on accident versus something happening on purpose. Another example of tattling could be if something is harmless. And then telling when something is dangerous. Again, we can kind of talk about someone arriving late to practice, you know, that's not dangerous. So just probably let it slide. Also, tattling is when you can solve something on your own, but you still go and tell a coach versus when you need help from an adult. So if a player maybe has tried to handle something on their own and the issue is still coming up, let's say, again, that mean right side hitter is... Um, harassing her teammates, his or her teammates, and you've tried to talk to the player and multiple players have tried to sort it out, but it's just not working, that's when you can go to your coach and let your coach know, hey, so-and-so is saying all these horrible things to us, help us. So it's just if you need help from a coach after trying to solve it on your own, that would be a good example for athletes to know when to go and talk to your coach the last distinction between tattling and telling is whether something is unimportant or if something is important. Again, I think being late, if the coach isn't ready and coach doesn't notice, that's an unimportant event. But referring back to the question which was asked, if a player is attacking teammates when the coach isn't looking, that's important because it impacts team culture, the, the vibe at practice, team chemistry. So that's when it's important to go and talk to your coach. Okay, so just one more time to read the question back to you. How do you handle a player that skillfully insults and attacks teammates when you are not looking? As a coach, what you need to do, just to summarize, is you need to empower your athletes with knowledge about when to come and talk to you and when they don't need to come and talk to you and should try and handle things on their own. And my suggestion is to print out that tattling versus telling Worksheet again, it's sort of silly because it's for preschoolers. But if you give that to your players at the start of the season and kind of go over what you expect them to talk to you about, what they can let slide or try to handle on their own, you're setting yourself up for a really great season because not only do your players know that they can come to you, if I was a player and facing a difficult situation, I imagine myself sitting down with my folder with this worksheet and being like, Okay, well. Sarah's being mean to me. Do I need to just deal with it on my own or do I need to go and talk to the coach? Is it happening over and over again or like was it an accident? And I think you're helping your athletes just problem solve in life because this carries outside of the gym as well. I hope that helps you. I know a lot of you have reached out to me with the same question, maybe phrased differently and with different situations, but I think this is a good way to prevent bullying on your team. Again, by letting your athletes know that you support them and if they do come and tell you something, respect that. Don't make them feel silly for coming and talking to you. Maybe if they are doing something that you would say is more tattling, Go over it with them why you think that they can handle it on their own, and maybe they'll give you more information that proves you wrong, but be open to conversations with athletes regarding safety issues and team bullying. All right, and the second question that I'm going to answer today is how do you build up a player's mental toughness? So first, let's talk about what is mental toughness. I think that that could come into play in a couple of different ways. So one could be the ability to deal with pressure, and that's probably the most common form of mental toughness. But that can be looked at in two different ways. One way is to look at it as the ability to execute, so being the go-to person, for example, or the ability to encourage. So maybe you're not the go-to person, but you need to know how to handle yourself in a pressure situation to not put more pressure on your team. My short answer is to practice the skill that you want. Now, when we're talking about mental toughness, a lot of it is mental. You need to practice being in pressure situations, but not only that, you need to practice coming out of those pressure situations successfully. So that's hard to design for, but I'm going to give an example that in my mind it's totally related. I hope you're able to connect the dots well because once I learned this or was told this by a professor, it literally changed how I thought about so many different things and mental toughness And how to build mental toughness in my players is one of them. So quick story my very first day of undergrad at Bowling Green State University, go Falcons. Very first day of undergrad, very first class of the day, 8.30 a.m., sociology, 101. My professor spent some time talking about how to be successful in her class, how to be successful in college, and we started talking about taking tests. She mentioned that when you're taking a test, it's not about memorizing the information. It's about practicing remembering the information. So obviously you have to know the information as well, but during a test, what you need to do is you need to be able to remember (laughs) that information. So just reading your notes over and over again isn't going to help you. You need to practice remembering what you wrote in those notes. So coming up with your own study guide or using a study guide and asking yourself questions, and then practicing remembering the material, for example. So I hope you can see how that is connected to mental toughness. We don't necessarily need to practice serving over and over again. We need to practice serving in pressure situations successfully. I hope you're able to make that connection. It makes sense in my mind. (laughs) Back to just volleyball, let's talk about mental exercises. So I do have a volleyball drill. It's called Team Serving Challenge. And it's about serving under pressure. So this is great for practicing serving for game point or serving when the other team has game point. Talk about pressure, right? The team serving challenge drill, which I will link to in the episode notes, it's a lot about peer pressure. And I like to use that as much as I can because I think peer pressure has a bad reputation because it's usually negative, but when you're using it in sport, you can really set up an environment for success for your teammates. So side note, I would challenge you to think about how you can use peer pressure to improve your practices and your team performance. So with the team serving challenge, Essentially, you're trying to serve the ball over the net, the whole team in a row, one at a time. And there are different levels that you go through or different rounds with different challenges, like everyone served down line, everyone served cross court. And if you miss it, you know, there's a consequence, your team has to start over. And so that puts pressure on your players. And when we first started talking about this question, we talked about two types of mental toughness. So not only does the player who is, executing the skill, learn how to act. So if I'm the server, and if I make the serve, you know, we get to go on to the next round. But if I miss it, we have to start all over. That's a lot of pressure. I'm learning how to execute. And at the same time, the rest of my team is learning how to support and encourage the server. So if you do team serving challenge, it's so fascinating to watch your team go through it because there will be moments of frustration where players start to get mad at each other for missing serves and that's usually your player who makes almost every serve but then maybe they'll have an instance where they miss it and they'll start sort of fighting a little bit but this is part of the process you have to let them learn how to deal with the pressure. And if it starts deteriorating, give them a timeout, call a timeout from the drill and let them lead their own discussion. I love player-led timeouts during tough drills. Okay, you guys need a timeout. Why don't you take two minutes to talk it through and talk about how you can be successful in this drill? Maybe talk about why things aren't working, what's going wrong, and how to fix it. And PS, if you're having a tough time picking captains, this is a great way to identify the players that will lead your team during tough times, because they'll be the ones that speak up and the ones that everyone listens to. Let's say people are getting frustrated when servers are missing, and that's bringing down their self-confidence, so they're missing more. Your players will start to learn that they need to act more supportive in those situations and trust each other and use positive talk with one another. And that will make a big difference. It will make them all feel so much better after you finish the drill. But an example of poor mental toughness for teammates, let's say someone's going back to the line to serve on game point, and then you have your middle back turn around and say, don't miss it. That's an example right there of bad team mental toughness. So not only does your player need to learn how to perform under pressure, but your team, everyone in a supporting role does as well. Another example of mental toughness in a game is when, again, it's coming down to game point, either for your team or the opposing team. And you know, those teams that just go up and tip everything or chip it to the middle, or do roll shots. I would much rather have my teams go up swing and kind of force their way through to the win. Obviously making smart plays if we need to tip we need to tip but if we have the option to go up and swing I'd much rather have that. So another drill for mental exercises is my free ball down ball drill. If you don't know what I'm talking about I will link to it as well and using a variation which I call hot hand. So the hot hand is basically like the hitter that is just on fire getting kill after kill after kill. In tough game situations, you want your go-to hitter to have mental toughness. And a way to practice that is to run the free ball, down ball drill and make it so that there's a rule where let's say they're playing it out and the middle gets a kill. Well, now they are the hot hand and they have to get a kill on the next hit in order to get a little point for the team. This is using the little point big point system, which I believe is described in the free ball down ball drill, but that puts pressure on the hitter to perform. It puts pressure on the setter to get the set just right, and it also teaches the opposing team how to deal with the player that is consistently putting the ball down and how to put pressure on them. So to answer the question, how do you build up a player's mental toughness? You have to build pressure into your drills and teach your players how to successfully deal with them. And it's not going to happen overnight, but if you consistently build pressure into your drills, your teams will learn how to deal with tough situations and they'll learn that they can overcome barriers and they'll be more confident in their skills because they've dealt with pressure before. All right, and that's all I have time to answer today. Thank you so much for listening to the Get the Pancake podcast. I appreciate each and every single one of you. If you haven't yet, go ahead and just reach out and say hi through Instagram, whether that's leaving a comment or sending me a direct message. Let me know what level you coach, how long you've been coaching. If you have any questions. I will do my best to help. But otherwise, I will let you go so that we can all enjoy this Memorial Day weekend. Thanks for listening, and I will see you in next week's episode on Sunday.